another episode of High Tech with Will and Josh. Josh and Will, or whichever of us showed up this week. Yeah, I mean, we both showed up. I'm not sure what order our names go in. Um, I mostly put you because it's alphabetical. Josh, yeah. J, W, yeah. I, that's how my mind works. I mean, I guess that's logic, sort of. It's I, demand, alpha- I demand to be on the credits first. It's an alphabetical logic, so it works <laughs> in your favor. Uh, we are back with another episode to talk about ed tech, everything that we can think about in this space. Now, this week's conversation is starting out with a little bit of nerddom. That's nothing new, right? Uh, Josh, you no, watch Big we Bang never, Theory, we never right? That. No, I don't. What is this show Big you Bang speak Theory? of? Yeah. You've never watched that? Yeah, no. Um, I am just, yeah. like many things in the world, I am just watching Big Bang Theory for the first time. No spoilers. Thank you. It is 2021. Yeah, they all, they all I know. Die. Oh, great. <laughs> it's just like a walking dead again. <laughs> um. But, you know, something something happened in one of the episodes I was watching a couple weeks back. It just stuck with me. You know, Raj, Rajesh, is thinking, is talking about the fact, like, when he came to the States, he stood around the water cooler because that's what he heard. People always said is where, you know, good information, good gossip is, is shared. And while he thought he might learn something from being around the water cooler, he simply got reported for being a weirdo standing at the water cooler, right? Like, yeah. No one does this. So it had me thinking like water coolers. Ah, oh, yeah. Like there is this perception. We have this joke in a society about go to the water cooler to find out the gossip. But I don't, I don't know. I don't, I've never spent any time in a water cooler. Have you? I mean, I've went occasionally, you know, who's not at the water cooler, other people. Ever. <laughs> Wait, like only you <laughs> like, well, like we're not there at the same time. If there are other water cooler people, they're not doing it the same time I am. Um, so maybe it's from like a more, you know, rigid office culture where, yeah. you know, you showed up at 755, you started work at eight, you took your break at 10. Like in that culture, you might run into somebody at the water cooler. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. But, you know, before now we're all <laughs> definitely before COVID because yeah, now exactly. no one's, if anybody's at my water cooler, they're getting punched in the face. Like, why are you in my house? What's, how'd you get in? I am not allowed to let you hear, like, go away. Okay. So, you know, that's the fun thing of like water coolers and, and this kind of like misconception that that's where we really meet. But the point in the water cooler conversation is that like, we need somewhere to kind of congregate. We talk about things in special places. So you know, that does happen at your desk. Right, some people walk up to oh, the yeah. desk, much to our chagrin. Yeah, unfortunately, <laughs> and they want to talk to you while you're in the middle of something. That happens, you know, at the checkout line. You've got to talk to your grocer for a second, like you know, whether it's just "Here's my money, please let me take my food," or you know, I, you, can, you always get the chatty one, especially when you don't want a chatty grocery, you know, line yeah. teller. Like, well, I think you do. I think you and I have very different life experiences in some of these areas, right? Like the, okay. the uh, you are, um, I think, much better at kind of the extrovert conversation, you know, like talking to people. Um, I'm the person who's like, why are you talking to me? Like, why are we, why are we having a conversation? I don't know you. What, uh, <laughs> like, what is the mask? The mask was Josh's best friend, right? Like, now I, can well, hide my, I would my go face. that far. I have a beard. It's not great. But like, oh, well. yeah, no, I don't know. I'm just like not the person. Like, I don't think about having conversations with people. If that makes sense. Like, oh. I'm like, oh, I'm going to have a conversation with you or just talk about our day, even though hey, I don't know you. 
I can leave the podcast if you'd like. I don't. We don't need to. <laughs> It doesn't need to be a conversation. Yeah, the if podcast was originally supposed to be just me. Uh, then Will just showed up. It's weird. No, yeah. I'm just joking. That's not true. He joined That'd my Zoom room and the, and the rest of the world was over. That'd be a horrible up. podcast. <laughs> so the water cooler, these places that Josh's don't like to go, they actually represent something that we, we actually study in education and, and kind of sociology called third spaces. And this one really stands out to me because when we think about a classroom, that's our primary space of interaction, right? And, and even before learning management systems, you might primarily meet with your classroom in, and you lecture or you have a discourse or you have an activity, but that's where, that's where everything happens primarily. Then the hallway might be considered a secondary action point. Like you, you run into people there sometimes where you all have to go there to get into the classroom. Uh, but the learning management system, right, is a place where we have to like do things for a primary engagement of getting content and learning. But a third space is one layer removed from those first two layers of where, where everything's focused on the primary subject matter. So if my professor is teaching physics, then when I'm in the classroom learning about physics or when I bump into him in the hallway and ask him class about physics, like we're in that first or that second space. The third space is where maybe I meet those same people and there's the option for content to come up about my class or the, what we share socially, but maybe that conversation will be slightly different. So what does that, I mean, what does this really mean? Like I'm talking through these circles and spaces and spheres and levels. It's the point that we bring our students together in a classroom and they're there to learn our subject matter. But there's going to be an ancillary effect. They are going to start to know each other. And they may learn that they like each other. They could be friends, right? Possibly. Eh, you know? You know? We had to room together the first year we met. Yeah. And it wasn't necessarily that we were friends. But we talked, much to your chagrin. And we, you know, learned that we shared similar likes in video games and movies and stuff. And those interests, those connection points helped us establish community, become friends, and, 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 you know, then we ended up taking classes together and, and everything kind of became hunky-dory. We've, we've got to where we are today in 21, 2021. The, the third space for a classroom's purpose might be to help those students better engage, create community, uh, and, and either have a back channel. That's its own theory and idea, but to have a space to talk about the classroom or to talk about the content that's not necessarily not first monitored by the instructor. It's not an academic space first. Whatever this third space is, it's the water cooler. It's where we go to gossip. It's where we go to chat. We might talk about the class. We might not. We might talk about Big Bang Theory and what Rajesh said in an episode last week. The episodes I was watching today included, uh, you know, getting their 3D printer and making models of themselves, right? Like, <laughs> That's that's yeah. the kind of stuff that can go on and talk about the third space. Can you think, Josh, of any like are there any people you can even think of from your undergrad or grad where you you've met them or talked to them in third spaces, something outside of the class you may yeah, have I mean like so I think like this concept, like we give it this is like fancy name third space, right? Um, and for those of you who are still like trying to just follow all the spaces that Will has been talking about, 
um, you're right there. You're right there with me. Cause this concept to me, like while I'd interacted with it without knowing that I'd interacted with it, did make sense to me at first when I got into education, but specifically like online education, blended education concept. Cause this is where this is coming up a lot. Um, because the reality is this third space idea, as far as I comprehend and understand it is, um, it's trying to give a name to something that has always been happening in regular education before we went online or went blended, uh, where we're merging now an online environment um, because you're gonna interact with people. Like there's there's people in your class that you'll talk with that maybe you have a group project with them that you're working with, but you end up start talking to them outside of class, right? About things. second, The second you give them your number, you've yeah. initiated the third You've initiated space. something else, right? So you end up maybe getting lunch with that person or you end up talking with them or sitting with them, you know? And it, why these things are important for us to identify, I think, as we're talking in educational sense, is that uh, a lot of times those third spaces, they're not organized conversations, but they end up uh, giving uh a richer experience to the first space that you're in this this classroom space right. uh, because you build relationships with people through these areas like yes you're interacting in class but you want your students to build relationship and community because as they do they're going to share more they're going to interact with each other more they're going to challenge each other more they're going to learn from each other more and this third space concept right is where so that, that relationship ultimately starts to get built in a different way um and yeah i've had areas like that it's, you know um, dorming in college, interacting with, you know, you and some of our other friends, like that was kind of a third space. We started having more conversations about theology and about the stuff we were learning in classes. And that led to different experiences when we were in class. But I had other people that I met in class, mainly named Josh, because um, in my experience, uh, the program I was in, everybody was named Josh. Uh, I was in one of my first classes and there were like, what, six Joshes? I don't, like, you think I'm over-exaggerating people, but that's not over-exaggerating. I'm pretty sure I there were six. Of, I can think of four Joshes I knew from our undergrad Yeah, right like now. there's tons of them. Thank you, parents. Um, so, uh, but anyway, all that there is to say- There are other biblical names. Yeah, all, all that is to say, I interacted with those people outside of class. You know, we'd start yeah. talking or we'd bump into each other leaving class, you know, or waiting in a, you know, waiting in one of the coffee shops in between classes or and you'd get talking and some of it would be about fun stuff some of it would be about movies some of it but that like general kind of fun conversation built relationships and if that kept going that involved deeper conversations even about class concepts i think sometimes um now we're not going to paint this idealistic world that was happening in courses where i really cared about the topics we were talking about i wasn't sitting around i i'm sorry math teachers i'm horrible at math i hate math um, I wasn't sitting around with my friends talking about math, okay? Um, I'm just saying, though, if you look at the Fibonacci <laughs> sequence and the beauty that it represents. And the... But all that's, all that's to say is it was generating conversation. Right, right. And so I think where the third space concept, from what I understand it, and I'll say one last thing and then we'll start talking a little bit because I've been talking for quite a while, people, and I apologize for my voice. Um, so, um, but uh, I don't know. This is this will get edited out later. <laughs> no, it's not. This is staying right where it is. Um, shame, shame on so, you, shame on your cow. <laughs> so, um, but I think we're the we're starting to understand like we need to define a third space. One, because we can't be in education without defining things. Um, God oh, yeah. forbid we don't <laughs> define all the things that are existing. Um, yeah. But I also think there's a piece of this because we realize what was missing in online and blended learning a lot of times, and that's that there's less of this interaction happening um, because students 
the first space they're in isn't a classroom anymore. Uh, a lot of times it's an LMS or it's digital content. It's video content that they're interacting with. It's activities they're doing. They may have group projects where they have to connect with students um, and they may hate it. Um, for some reason, everybody hates group projects, um, but like they may interact, but they, they aren't having those bump into each other conversations anymore in the LMS. And I don't care what the LMS promises you, your weekly discussions don't do it. Um, they're not they're not no, doing not it the and it's, so it's not building community and the problem with that is without the community being built you're not having the same interactions and sharing and kind of them to feel safe to share what they really think and wrestle with ideas in ways that they would if they did have some of that environment and we're building up community um, with their fellow students and that's why I think we've had to come to this definition that sounds fancy which is third space um, because we needed some way to figure out what we were missing and if and if you don't believe us yet, I mean, we're like seven or eight episodes in here. I don't even remember. Josh and I don't script anything, and yet he like literally watched the ball and he swung for it for a home run. Like that was it. You transition there to the point of online education, why this is so important is is the point of third spaces. They happen naturally when we're face to face, and when we're online, we either have to encourage them to happen or cultivate them. Yeah. Like, so I, I don't know if I've shared the story before. I know I've talked with Josh about it. Forgive me, listeners, if this is round two for the same story. I promise you there'll be a third time. I, I was aware, I'm aware of a, a faculty member who talked about the fact that their students started using a Google Doc as a note-taking tool, and all of the students participated in the same one Google Doc, taking notes every class. And the instructor didn't ask them to didn't know that they were doing it, didn't set a rubric or expectations or grades for it, right? All the students jumped in and just started making this Google Doc. And it was a, a functional academic space. It was, it was dur happening during class period, but they made a third space by taking it on themselves, by cultivating it socially, and by maintaining it organically. Like they did not have a requirement to do that Google Doc thing. They didn't have, they could talk in there, they could chat, they could comment, they could add their own notes, um, but it was just organic. That happened because those students in the room sat elbow to elbow, exchanged phone numbers, exchanged email addresses, and joined the same Google Doc. Online, the only opportunity those students have to do that is if you assign that to happen, they decide to pick somebody out of a discussion forum that they want to work with, or people literally cold call each other off of the people list yeah. in <laughs> LMS, right? Like third spaces like that don't get cultivated in online education without some impetus, without some spark, because the students aren't going to run into each other at the water cooler. And that, friends, is why we want to talk to you today about Discord, because Discord is a virtual application that creates one safe space for you and your learners. Now, I've learned about Discord as an application through video gaming and yeah. my personal communities, right? But at my current institution, where I've heard about it the most is students making discords around affinity topics like Pokemon Go. That's that's a fact. There's a hairpin, there's a there's a campus Pokemon Go Discord server. Uh, around a class, right? So they'll be in a class together and they're already Discord users. So they'll spin up a server so that they can work in that space with one another uh, to share names, share ideas, share contacts, share apps, share files, etc. cetera. Um, or somebody will do it 
for a project, something that lives outside of classes and goes kind of long term. Maybe it's a master's thesis. Maybe it's about um, you know a, a social group or something like that, a campus social activity. The cool thing about Discord is that it's free. Generally, there are some paid features you can get to. Of course, it's premium. But when you make a server, that sounds very computery, but it's just their term for your Discord space. So you can make your Discord space, you can make it as complicated or as simple as you want to. And, and that's where like it operates so well as a third space. I've been in Discord servers that have 30 more or more rooms in them, chat rooms. Yeah. They've We're got rules. <laughs> it's going off on our desktop yeah, right now. Probably. I have notifications right now, probably from it at this point. Ignore, ignore, ignore. <laughs> um, you can set up rules. You can set up moderators. You can set like a whole administration team. Uh, Josh and I were talking about before the episode started. You can get in automation bots. You can tell it to automate things. You can create ranks yeah. for people so people can join teams, right? So you could have like team this app, team that app, or team red, team blue, or whatever. It's it's got a really distinct border for the fact that like you join the Discord server and now you're in that space. But after that, you can make it as complex or as simple as you want to. And that's where students who take it on bring in apps, bring in automation, they bring in ranks, they bring in mod teams, they create a community space, right? The Discord server for my local area for Pokemon Go has like 600 users in it. And, and they all play and they share raids and they show up to Pokemon and they, they talk to each other and they, they, before COVID, they would do like picnic events and stuff and park events where they'd all show up and share donuts and coffee and stuff. That's really cool that Discord can be used yeah. in that space. And, it, and that represents a third space, but you can also use it, you know, a faculty member could use Discord as a learning experience. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I think that's the, the point is like, right, we'll just list it off like a billion different features that exist in Discord. And that's because Discord's been around for a while. If you don't know what Discord is, it's mainly because you're not like Will and I didn't don't play games on a computer. Like because that's where Discord started. It's still their thing. They're not an educational like they, they have educational things that they advertise, but they're not a tool that's like designed for education. They're a tool specifically designed for I think community right? Like their, their real thing is about trying to create communities around affinities. Like you, you made a comment, but they started that as a video game thing. Like the, you know, uh, gaming groups that work together, things like that. The one that Will and I are in together that are like, you know, how many different groups and different voice channels and things like that are all like, because it's a big group of people who play different games together. Um, and so they use that to like call out to each other when they're ready to play games with people. Um, yeah, so like, we already received two of those today. <laughs> yeah, like they're already asking us to play stuff. So like, but the point here that I think why Discord, we chose Discord as the first app to talk about related to third spaces is this. Yes, we have a lot of, of familiarity with Discord. Um, and there are other alternatives out there like Slack and things like that that fall into a similar one that if you have work groups like that we've referenced before in other episodes, your Slack is similar. There's there's channels. The thing that I think is nice about Discord is they just they have a lot of options for different types of channels, like actually even channels that they call voice channels that literally people click into and it immediately turns on your computer mic uh, that you can talk to people. So it, it creates a different environment that I think Slack tries to do, but Discord does it a little bit better around a social network 
idea, which is like they can build rooms with like intentions and a reason that somebody can jump into and other people can see very quickly that, hey, so, you know, Will is in this voice room, you know, I'm going to go jump in and see how he's doing, you know, or things like that. Um, it can be really advantageous to this idea of a third space in a learning environment. Which brings up why it's so useful for like a virtual space. What you're saying there is it, it allows for asynchronous and synchronous experiences. Yeah. So your LMS insert any of them does not have a baked in a, a, a created for the LMS feature that creates a synchronous experience. They all integrate um, big blue button or they allow you to integrate zoom or something like that right so they try and let you use external parties but none of them offer a tool that is both asynchronous discussion board and synchronous zoom or web yeah. conferencing discord does and and josh and i were playing last night and we were in our group and we joined a, a bigger party and there was like 10 of us in there and suddenly suddenly there's there's 10 or 12 people on chat three or four conversations Somebody is streaming the video game they're playing so we can watch them finish their round. And somebody else opens up their camera and starts like showing us parts of their house to like show them this new project they were working on, right? Yeah. Hyper media, like so much was going on. It was almost disorienting, but the functionality that that showed was you could live stream your web, your computer. So you could live stream like a video game a movie, a video, such a, you know, a program, if you're coding or working on something, you could actually pick up your phone and like use it as a camera to show things around your house or in your environment. So you could like for academic purposes, do like chemistry labs and stuff like that so that um, people can see what you're working on while you're talking about it in live chat. Like it, it could replace Zoom at some level, but one of the things that I think Zoom does, and it's not intentional, our current use of Zoom makes it a unilateral approach. The teacher sends out a Zoom link. The teacher opens a Zoom room. The teacher makes a Zoom space. If you do what Josh is talking about with the channels, you set up voice channels, video channels, text channels, or if the students are doing this outside of you, they can do whatever they want in whichever space they want when they want to. So they can get two people together to work on something right now, or they could get the whole class together without you and work on yeah. something as a study group. And that I think is like, it democratizes access, which is the point of a, of a third space of a water cooler. Anyone can walk up to the water cooler at any time. It's not about setting our clock so we show up there at 10 a.m. at the same time. It's about coming together around that shared space so we can discuss the class our interests yeah. for the day, picking classes for next semester, Marvel movies, whatever it is, that's fair yeah. game. For the third and space. this this is a difficulty in a third space or a tool like Discord. And because uh, I want to be I want to be honest about how we deal with this, because uh, right, Will and I know information about this. We've looked into these aspects of it, uh, but I, you and I are not well versed in implementing this anywhere. And there's a reason for that, uh, because I would argue that most people aren't, um, because there's this difficulty with third space. Um, it's not like a discussion. There's a reason we lean towards discussions, right, as like activities or this, you know, uh, posting type of communication is because we can control that, right? So we, it's organized, we set rules, we we tell them they have to post by this date and they have to reply to this many students. Um, the second you start doing any of that, uh, it's no longer a third space. 
um, and this is the problem with this is the difficulty with third spaces sometimes is that um, you want to encourage them but you you can't control them um like it's not gonna work that way it's like a um, shadow the second you go looking for your shadow you lose yeah. it like so like like so we talk about this discord but this is like this is how this podcast is gonna be sometimes um and this is the reality like uh i would love to implement discord into a course and in a way we have not done it yet because one i would know the reaction of people above me if i started trying to implement discord um into an online course in our environment um and it would be that's not happening um like but uh the reason i think it's so important for us to pursue something like this right is uh i real quick will pulled up a uh blog post off of linkedin real quick because this was it was reminding me of this there's a company uh maybe we'll you know we'll get promoted this is the first time i'm saying something nice about a company that we're not talking about as the app um a company called Pathright. Um, who designs uh, kind of like a professional development kind of uh, LMS uh, type dynamic and Pathright, if for some reason you ever listened to this and I didn't describe you well, I'm sorry. Um, so, um, but they they post the stuff that I really appreciate. One is this, this concept about like, basically, you know, they're doing it in a way because they're an LMS and they're trying to show why some of the bigger LMSs uh, are failing. So the title of the post is LMSs, LMS forums are broken. Um, mm. But the, the point of it is that we organize these very focused conversations, right, in uh, LMSs, like discussions each week. And we think that that's replacing the conversations that are happening in class and outside of class, but it's not. It's not doing that at all. Um, because in actual environments and learning, we're constantly discussing with each other things. We're bumping into each other and asking questions about an assignment to another student. We're, we're doing things like that. And there's an extra barrier that's put in place with messaging and forums because they're not, they're not integrated the way we actually learn, which is that we we interact with each other in informal ways all the time um, yeah. around things. And so why I think it's constantly important for us to keep talking about this concept of third spaces to look for ways that we can um, encourage without over controlling is because we need to find a way to get some of this discussion element going on in our learning environment without it being a required weekly assignment. Um, and so I think Discord does a good job of providing the resources to try to do something like this. Um, I would encourage if you're thinking about doing something like this, I have not got a chance to fully implement this yet. So my ideas are theory um, and not practical. So just work with me. But I've seen what happens in gaming. I've seen what happens in environments. I think what often has to happen is, um, one, this is going to happen on its own with students. Um, but that happens less in online, I think, just because like students don't connect the same way they do in face-to-face -face courses. So they tend to not do like what Will was talking about, create Google Docs together, <laughs> share ideas. That's a unique yeah, thing that, that happens is a... in an online environment right? Um, or a blended environment. Um, and so what I, I've been thinking through here recently, and Will, feel free to tell me this is you think this is a dumb idea. Um, but I think what we need to do is maybe as instructors, think about some of these third space tools that we have like Discord and say, okay, how could I leverage some of the tools in activities I'm already requiring in online courses? Or how could my institution use some of these tools to create broader third spaces that aren't just tied to my course and then I can make students aware of um, so that they can connect into? And I think like that's a way we need to go about it. Like if we're doing group projects or something, we should, should be pulling in some of this collaborative stuff to build community. But can we leverage a tool like Discord to be like, you know what, you go to Discord, 
you use that for your conversations. Uh, and I'm going to help set up a couple, you know, pre-setup channels for things, but uh, you have the ability to go in and create stuff. There's there's some difficulty there, right? Because we're not sure what students are going to do and what happens if a student does something inappropriate or something in Discord, you know. Um, so I think we have to be careful about that. But I think you leveraging that in that way um, yeah. to just kind of like say, here's the resource for you to jump into video chats with each other and do those types of things with no expectation that they use it a certain way, that you give them the freedom to figure it out um, and let them know that this is available for them if they want to, you know, hey, ask questions for each other. They want to connect. This is a good area for them to do it in. Yeah, um, yeah that's and that, that's actually that something I, you reminded me, like I, I kind of did that in my grad school experience. So one of my profs assigned something in Slack. He made four channels. There was a general Q&A question chat just drop in there if you had something that's going on. He made some announcements. Then he made a chat room, a group room for each of three groups in the class. And it was a private space for each of us. We did have to do required posts in that chat room, but there was no limit on how many or how few. And we, we just had to talk about and ask a question about the topic of the week. And then he let us make our own channels and DM each other and stuff like that. And I remember using all of it. Like I DM'd him, I DM, I direct messaged him. Yeah, use some terminology means. there, yeah. Um, sounds, I, sounds sketchy when you don't explain what it is. I messaged DM. <laughs> Dungeon Master? That's a different <laughs> I, game. I wish. <laughs> um, I messaged my peers. I messaged the other group. Like it was really, it really did allow yeah. for him to do the required stuff, but allowed me a lot of space to do anything else I wanted to do reaching out to my Years. It, it did what you're saying, Josh. And I think that that yeah. was, that's a reminder for me, like this works. I haven't done it with yeah. Discord, but other tools. Yeah, it's, it's yeah, a good thing. And it, yeah, and I think like the, uh, the way I lean towards like a Discord or a tool like that, where I keep battling with is like, I can see logistically why it makes sense to use some of the LMS tools to do some of this stuff. But I think there's like, there's just a reality. Like I, when I'm looking for something like this, I want it to be something with stuff like Discord, like servers, stuff that gives students the ability to create their own stuff easily. Um, and like to kind of create an environment um, that is different from the LMS. So it feels different. It feels not like the classroom it feels like something that you're interacting with and that's why like i like a discord or i like um i like these different third space environments that are a little bit different and i like the ones that are while it sounds all techie that are server based like they are a closed yeah. environment they have channels that you can create those sound all like super techie but slack does the exact same thing your teams does the exact same thing like they're they're just calling them more user-friendly names because they're not like discord who started with just random pc gamers uh creating an environment right. for themselves yeah discord started in 2015 that's actually something that that blends to both sides of this it started 2015 started in the video game sector um and like the the novelty interest sector and server was a language they picked um but tons of others every every other other one uses different language for organizing their system yeah. that's that's all it is it's how What's what's the biggest thing? What's the classroom or what's the server level? What's the group level or the channel level? And then what is it, you know, how many more do you make from there, channels or groups that uh, kind of customize the experience? But well, I, I do want to come back to that 2015 thing for a point. That's, um, you know, that's six years old or, or, or more now. And in ed tech, well, this isn't technically ed tech, but in, in software startups and stuff like that, 
that's an older company. And that's a good thing because one of the things that I always get scared about as we talk about ed tech is inviting you to check out the newest thing and it's gone next year or somebody yeah. bought it or snatched it up or whatever. And, and I don't think you have to worry about that with Discord. Discord's an established product, even if their ownership changed or they went public or whatever, right? Like that product and that structure is a part of a dozen industries of YouTube streamers, video game players, novelty, you know, yeah. uh, stars and celebrities and stuff like I know you can find certain celebrities and they have a discord channel dedicated to themselves. Like you can go yeah. in there and just talk about that celebrity in the discord channel. <laughs> Sorry. Talk about What's narcissism, it? but so it's a real thing. Yeah. <laughs> Here's all the channels about me. Come talk about me. No, but like there's, there's, there's a truth in that. Like the, uh, when we're recommending tools and I'm looking at tools, even I'm looking for things like, like, are they going to be around for a while? Right. And like discord's been around for a while. Uh, does the tool work well? I can tell you from using the tool a lot. Um, one of the things I am always impressed about with discord um, is just like how in the background their technology is like, you can go a lot deeper, but when it comes down to like the basic, just like chat channels, voice channels, stuff like that, it literally is like a couple clicks to start one. And then like you get into that voice channel um, or you get into that video channel, right? It, it's set up that literally it just kicks on the microphone and the video for the person. Yeah. Um, so like, it's really, it's like a seamless thing. It's not like where you're joining, you have to do a whole bunch of startup stuff. That's what I love about Discord. It's like, I literally just click on the channel and it's like, I'm just like entering a room and, and talking to people. Yeah. And that's why I think it feels so different um, than like, and it gives you an easy way to see who's online uh, on the side, like who's all in the channel, where they are. It'll tell people where they are in the channel. Um, like stuff that they've designed to make it easy for you to find people and connect. Um, and so that's why I think like that type of tool works well and it's been around for a while. Now I do think we're not going to talk purely great about it all the time. I think the problems you're going to run into discord that I have even implementing discord in educational sense sometimes is that they aren't an educational tool. Um, they are a gaming tool. All of their stuff is oriented that direction um, for the most part. While they do have discords and things around people um, around, you know, interests and things like that at its core it is a video gaming server tool. Um, and so they have a lot of features in there oriented around that, like inviting people to games and doing those types of things. Um, so that is one hurdle you're gonna have. Um, and, I, and I think you always have to be careful weighing new technology environments you ask your students to be in, because it's just another load that you're asking them to take on. Um, but I think if you're not just integrating it for like one thing you do, if you're thinking about this as an environment that mm -hmm. they come and engage in, that's worth it to me. And seeing that happen, like how Will saw it, where it's like, you know, we're going to have a couple requirements for how you engage in this in the beginning, but you have the, um, in the tool. And I think that's, those are important elements to what you're trying to do. Yeah. So this all started with the water cooler, you know, the question of the literal water cooler and that kind of bleeds over into the metaphorical water cooler, right? None of us are walking down the hallway and literally standing in a water cooler and, you know, pouring water into those little plastic cones or whatever. Um, but the function of meeting people at an off time, at an off space to talk about something that's not why we're necessarily there. We're not in the, off, we're not in the office to, to gab, so we gab at the water cooler. That's what Discord can do for us. That's what the third space theory is about. And I really do encourage you to think about um, if you're explicitly or exclusively an online instructor, like how could you use the third space idea 
um, to generate some community in your classroom, help bring those students together. Because some of my peers in my grad school, for instance, um, became part of, you know, my professional work and, and resources and references for me in my professional career. That's something I, I really like besides my like best friend on the other side of this camera from undergrad, like I didn't get that in undergrad. Like there wasn't a space for that. And we were all face to face. I don't, I don't, I haven't kept many of my relationships or connections from that time, nor have they been effective in my professional work, right? Besides Josh and I entering the same profession or, career or space, I really encourage you to think about how you can bring your computer science students together in a community so they can build off one another. Maybe you make apps together, maybe go get yeah. jobs at the same companies and, and change the world with their brand new app or whatever. You know, like that's something that the third space um, idea has the potential to do for us. So hold on to the metaphor. It's not a literal thing anymore, but we want to think about how we can create that water cooler space in our online and our physical learning experiences. So that we can, you know, make sure that the students are getting not only the content knowledge they need, but some of that social stuff and, and the community building that takes place in, in good learning experiences. So that will wrap us up for Discord and the third space conversation this week. I think we'll jump into a quick outro here. Well, that's it for this week. Uh, talking about the third space and discord i know that all of you are going to immediately go and do uh amazing third spaces tomorrow uh, so i uh, hope we convince you know but seriously uh great hanging out with you guys again this episode um and looking forward to more conversations and more apps as we talk about trying to take that technology um and using it uh in our classrooms whether virtual or in in person and uh, be able to use that so really appreciate that guys uh, and see you next time See ya.